It's good to see you. Thank you so much for being with us. We are in a series entitled Fresh Wind. Everyone say Fresh Wind. Fresh Fire. Everyone say Fresh Fire. And we're just believing this four-week series that really could be a 40-week series uh, or more on the Holy Spirit uh, blesses you and reminds us to put the Holy Spirit first in our lives each day. That's kind of been our, our prayers that each day we say, come Holy Spirit. And so this morning I get the opportunity to speak on the spiritual gifts and this in itself could be an eight-week message. So buckle up, eight weeks and 29 minutes. So here we go. I invite you to stand to your feet one more time if you'd be willing to. This morning, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's been a great weekend at Calvary, so we're just grateful you're here. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is one of four passages of scriptures that talk about the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, 1 Peter 4, and Ephesians chapter 4. They're all talk about the spiritual gifts. So this is the one that I've chosen for this weekend. I'm going to read seven of the verses and... You know, I know in a topic like this, some have a lot of given a lot of thought to it. Uh, some of us haven't even really thought about what this might mean. So let's come to the scriptures this morning, open, ready, expectant, reading it for like, like it's the first time we've read it. Like let's allow the Spirit uh, to speak to us in those ways. So here we are, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1. If you're ready, say I'm ready. Now concerning the spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. However, you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says, Jesus is accursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except for in the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. Let's pray one more time. Lord, may your word go deep into our hearts this morning. We are, we're well aware of the cultural landscape into which we're living in and the, the times in which you've called us to. And Lord, it's imperative that we are the church, not just a gathered church, but a scattered church a church that gathers in these moments to hear your word and to be equipped and to uh, pause and reflect on what you're doing in our lives, but then, Lord, to go and to be who you're calling us to be outside these walls in our families, our workplaces, and the places you would send us. And so, Lord, we, in these moments, we just say, equip us, ready us. Uh, may we look more like you after these few minutes. In Jesus' name we pray. If you believe that, say amen. 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 You may be seated. Unless you want to stand the whole time. Get Pentecostal in here. Good. Public service announcement, 98 days until Christmas. Who's excited about that? Did I hear a boo? <laughs> Costco has had their Christmas trees up since July. And I say for us, for you and for me, we, we celebrate fall first. Can I get any fall people here? Yes. Pumpkin spice latte season before we go into peppermint mocha season. You know what I'm saying? And in the Ford household, fall is important. And in fact, I'm even wearing my fall shirt today and brought it out of, of the closet. And here we go. And we're here ready to go, ready for fall. Uh, fall's big in our family. My wife's birthday is in the fall. So brownie points for me for remembering that. Uh, 
the costume parties that happen, Thanksgiving, the Friendsgivings, and then it can be Christmas, right? And there's, there's something about Christmas, though, that we think about all year long, right? There's something about the, the idealizing that perfect Christmas morning, that the tree is up, the lights are on the tree, the presents are wrapped, the dog's behaving, the kids are even behaving, breakfast is in the oven or breakfast is just getting done. Uh, you just got done having Christmas Eve services at Calvary the day before, amen. And then here we are, Christmas Day to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And you know, there's a lot of uh, expectation, I think, that comes around Christmas. We think about the gifts that we're gonna give people and we think about the gifts that we're gonna receive from people. And there's a lot of time, some of you more than others, a lot of time goes into thinking about that perfect gift that you're gonna give someone and then the gift that you hope to receive. And I guess this is my heart for us as we go into talking about the spiritual gifts is that we would have kind of that same expectation that we get around Christmas about what the gift might be. We might be that expectant and that excited and that thoughtful about the gifts that God wants to give us. And I believe that 1 Corinthians 12 shows us that God wants to give us some gifts. Let me give you a little bit of context. You know, in, in the scriptures, the, the New Testament, a lot of these letters were written to communities. They're written to cities. This is 1 Corinthians. This city is Corinth. There's cities like Ephesus and there's cities like Rome and there's cities like Galatia that Paul helped start churches. And then he wrote letters as kind of a direction for them to see and to learn and to help them give framework onto how to live as a Christian, how to live in the times that they were living in. And you gotta think about the context. Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit comes onto the church and new things are happening in the church. And in a lot of ways, they're not really sure how to deal with this. They're not really sure what to think about it. There needed to be a sense of framework to help the, the followers of Jesus understand what the Holy Spirit wanted to be and wanted to do in their lives. Are you with me this morning? And so Paul's writing to Corinth and a lot of people think that his messages in Romans and his messages to the church in Corinth were kind of a framework on how to think about the Holy Spirit. Because Acts, the church is just is blowing up, it's growing, and there needed to be some understanding and some framework of what it means to follow Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And even when it comes to the gifts, even when it comes to how the Holy Spirit operates, this is what this was about. And Corinth, by the way, is probably a combination, if you were to combine Los Angeles and combine Las Vegas, that would be Corinth. This would be Corinth. It was, it was a very spiritual, and I use that word in quotes, spiritual city, but a, not a very godly place. Do you know what I mean by that? There's a lot of spirits. There's a lot of pagan gods. There's a lot of spirituality, but not a lot of thought of when it comes to what it means for the Holy Spirit. And so this is where we find ourselves in 1 Corinthians 12, when Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Holy Spirit giving gifts. I believe that gifts, this word gifts means charisma in the Greek. Everyone say charisma. It means gifts of grace. Isn't that good? God wants to give his people in the Greek charisma or gifts of grace. Spiritual gifts is actually an English term that we've added, but a better way of saying spiritual gifts is gifts by God's grace to us. I believe that in this room, every single one of us have an opportunity to receive gifts from God. And we're gonna talk about what some of those are. And I also believe that there's some of us in this room that the gifts that God has given us, they're dormant in us. And so why would we take 
30 minutes on a Sunday morning and we could talk about a number of different things when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Why would we take 30 minutes and talk about the gifts? I believe simply because it really matters. And I believe it's, if it's in the scriptures, we should talk about it, amen? And I believe even more practically in your life and in my life, there's many people, maybe with even in the sound of my voice, those in the room, those online, that you maybe even feel ill-equipped in your life. You feel inadequate to be used by God. You see other people used by God and you see Pastor Daniel preaching. I wish I could preach like Pastor Daniel or Pastor Ray or I wish I should lead worship or you watch the other people share their faith or live their faith. And, and how many know when you see someone crushing it and you don't feel like you're crushing it and you feel inadequate, most of the time we just sit on the sidelines and we watch. And my heart would be, may it not be so. Because I believe that 1 Corinthians chapter 12 helps us see that the gifts of the Spirit want to come into our life so that we can ignite our faith and we can be used by God. We can be used for His purposes in the world. And I want, I want to say this statement. I'm going to probably say it five or six times this morning. It's kind of my thesis. I'm going to break it out. It's, it's, it's four things in a sentence. It's this. Spiritual gifts are given by the Holy Spirit. Catch that. That's the first one. They're given by the Holy Spirit. For a common good, that's the second one. I believe they're received with humility and I believe they're shared with love. Given by the Holy Spirit for the common good, received with humility and shared with love. Let's jump into 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse one. Now, the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. How many know it's just good to be in the know? This is what Paul was making sure they understood. I want you to know about the spiritual gifts. It's important for you to know, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you. There's some confusion going on around the spiritual gifts, so help me, let me help you understand what it meant to be. And, and, and side note, I haven't necessarily said this in any other service, so here we go. This is for you guys. The, the Holy Spirit and, and the gifts was supposed to be a very unifying thing in the church. Paul wrote this as a unity thing. He wanted the church to be unified around this. And I think in, in the modern day church or the church that we find ourselves in, this can actually be a topic that can be very divisive. And may it be so that this is unifying for us. May it be so that we can major on the majors and we can see what these really mean for us. Here's the first thing. The spiritual gifts are given. Everyone say given. They're given by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, Paul says, 1 Corinthians 12, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different types of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God who is at work. Catch this this morning. The gifts themselves that we're going to talk about in just two minutes, the gifts themselves, they're not to be sought, but rather the giver of the gifts is to be sought. And even in the nature of, of the Trinity, as Pastor Ray opened up our series this last week, talking about the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and we're saying as a church that we talk a lot about the Father, we talk a lot about the Son, but maybe sometimes we haven't talked enough about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit points us to Jesus and Jesus points us to the Father and they're in this beautiful relationship together. And I can I tell you, the gifts themselves are not necessarily meant to be sought after. It is the Spirit of God, it is the Son of God, and it is the Father that we search after. And he's the one that gives us gifts as we search after him. I think it's important to distinguish this morning that the gifts of the Spirit that I'm going to talk about are different than the fruit of the Spirit. You can study in Galatians and you can see the fruit of the Spirit, which is 
love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. And if I missed one, I'm sorry, one of those. Those are byproducts of a, of a life lived abiding with Jesus. The fruit of the Spirit comes from our life. The gifts of the Spirit, there's about 24 of them in the Bible, and they're used to edify the church. They're used in our lives to, to grow our spiritual lives and then to bless other people. These are different. So let's, let's go and let's, let's talk about a few of the, the gifts. I can't spend too much time this morning because there's a lot of them. Uh, maybe 15 minutes each. What do you guys think? We can kind of even get through this. Here's what I did. On this list, there's actually going to be two slides. I, I put some of them in Scripture, some of them that I found. And then I put the, the Scripture passage because I want you to do a deep dive study on some of these. If one of them tugs at your heart, I want you to deep dive because each one of these could be a whole series talking about some of these things and how they operate, how they work. But here's just an example. It's prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. That's a spiritual gift, a gift of service. These are gift of grace, teaching, encouragement. How many know when you encourage them? Where are all the encouragers at, right? This is, that I believe that God, and my passion, I believe God's given me that gift. Some of you have the gift of giving. Some of you have the gift of mercy. That just means compassion. Gift of faith. Man, don't we love the faith people that things look really dark and pessimistic and here comes the faith people saying, it's gonna be okay, God's gonna get us through. And all the pessimists are like, I hate those kinds of people, right? <laughs> discerning of spirits, distinguishing, discerning of spirits. Next slide. Here we go. This is where it gets wild. Tongues, interpretation of tongues, gifts and healings and evangelism, apostleship, pastoring, shepherding, administration. Aren't we grateful for all the organized people that keep the church organized, right? Keep our lives organized, administration and helps. And so you can see all these different scripture passages and you can go and study them. There's a lot of different thoughts about these, as you can imagine. There's a lot of different perspectives. There's a lot of different commentaries. And I, I would encourage you to sit with the Spirit of God, to, to read it yourself, to get in some of the commentaries and say, what do these gifts really mean for the, for the church today? What do, how do they operate per se? But I guess what I want you to get this morning, what is so important is that I believe as 1 Corinthians 12 tells us, the Holy Spirit is the one that gives us these gifts. This is what we're saying, fresh wind, fresh fire, that we'd be the types of people that would sit with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come, I wanna be used by you. Holy Spirit, give me and give me the, the things that I need. Give me the things that you desire for me, not just what I want, the things you want, desire for me. And here's the second thing, because it's for the common good. Holy Spirit, come, pour out these gifts for the common good. I love what Paul says. He says, now each one of them, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Paul uses this example. It's like, it's, it's just right after this, and it would take me a long time to read it and explain it, so I'm just going to explain it. He, he uses this example and analogy of a body. This is how he talks about the spiritual gifts. He says, think about your, your physical body. You've got eyes and ears and nose and mouth, head, shoulders, knees and toes, all the things, right? <laughs> Have a baby, so this is our life, right? And all the different ways that your body works together, the things you see like your hands, the things you don't see like your heart, your kidneys, all the things that are just working in your body and you don't even realize it, but how do you know if one of those things goes wrong, you know pretty quickly, right? It's the same way with the spiritual gifts. There's gifts that everyone sees. There, there's gifts that everyone notices, but maybe even more so, there's, there's gifts 
that we don't see. And there's gifts of people that are serving faithfully in those gifts in their lives. I was, I was thinking about it this way. I was like, we don't really think about our toes all that often. At least I don't. Maybe you do. But we don't really think about our toes until we stub our toe. And until we realize and we break our toe, <laughs> how important those things are to getting us around, right? It's the same way with like the body of Christ. There's all these gifts some gifts operate like a mouthpiece and some gifts operate like hands, but also some gifts operate like feet and some gifts operate like some of the more internal behind the scenes stuff that you don't see but are so important for the rest of the gifts to be seen and to be heard. Is this making any sense this morning? See, gifts are poured out by the Spirit for the common good. What's this mean? Two things. This means for us as a family, the, the Spirit of God pours out gifts for the church to operate how the church operates. I believe that we, we together create a beautiful picture of the body of Christ when we know our gifts and we serve in our gifts and we, and we love one another. We, we, we live in our lane that God's called us to and like when all of us choose to do that, we're all better for it. But also I think the second thing is not just for, for the church in this hour or the times we're here to serve the church. I believe the gifts are for everyday life. I believe that the gifts that God has given you is for everyday life in your life. I mean, first of all, before we talk about that, let's just consider the church, the, that first reason the gifts are here. Consider this weekend. There's many people that have given. This is a, a spiritual gift of giving. They gave even above and beyond of what a tithe is so that Calvary can have resources to bless people seven days a week. How many know that's a spiritual gift that's a blessing to our church and to our community? There's a group of people that got together Wednesday, Thursday to administer some of the details to keep the church functioning so that we were organized to have a worship service, the gift of administration. Aren't you thankful that when you came, it was organized? Someone had organized where your kids are gonna be. You know that it's organized over there. You could check them in and that they're there when you pick them up, amen? This is, this is administration. People have the gift of administrating things. How about the gift of service? We have people that come. You know, we have a, a gal here at our church, and I don't want to embarrass her if she's here, but she comes almost every day, if not every other day, and she waters all the plants outside. Isn't that amazing? Gift of service. She loves serving the house. She loves serving people that have come to set up these chairs. Aren't you grateful you don't have to sit on the ground this morning, right? Like, this is, this is the gifts in action. People that have the gift of service. Aren't you thankful for the people that have the gift of leading us into worship? Maybe you're in a small group, the gift that your leader has, the gift of leadership to rally your small group together. And, and the point is, you never know how the, how the body is working. You never know the different parts that are happening. All, our role is just to say, Holy Spirit, come, pour out your gifts on me and help me operate. And as we do, the, the church exists. Can I just tell you, Calvary is, is not what it is because of our staff. Calvary is what it is because of the hundreds and hundreds of people that volunteer and give their gifts to the body of Christ. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you, everyone say you, you are the body of Christ and each one of you has a, very, has a part in it. And I might add a very important part in it. So these gifts are for inside the church. They're also for outside the church. My wife was at the last service my wife is a teacher. She teaches sixth grade 
English, and so she teaches 150 sixth graders every single day out of middle school, right? Some of you guys are like, she needs a lot of prayer. Yes, she does. <laughs> but you know what's so cool is my wife, she's had hard days, just like all of us have had hard days. My wife never dreads going to work. That alarm goes off at 5.30 a.m. every Monday through Friday, and I'm like, okay, here we are, right? But she gets up, she gets ready, she's excited, goes to work, and, and she, she has the gift, God's given her this gift of teaching. I'm trying to get you to see that the gifts aren't just in the church, they're outside the church. And she goes and she, she teaches 150 students, and can I tell you, in the topic of English, it's just, it's English, but how many know God uses that in a supernatural way because she's got the gift of teaching as a, as a way of loving her students? My wife never, she works in a public school. She can't say the name of Jesus. But how many know she shares the gospel every single day with her gift? She does. By, by her giving her gift, by her sharing and loving people. Well, one, one of the things that's super cool is she keeps this like, she keeps this closet of food in her classroom and students that maybe they, they, they forgot their lunch or they can't afford a lunch or they don't have food, they, they come and because they feel comfortable and safe around my wife and the gift that she has, they'll come and she'll literally, she just hands out Costco granola bars all the time to students. How many know this is like God using her and her giftings and, and God's blessing and giving her opportunity and, and, and God wants to do the same for you. It's, it's so cool that the amount of emails my wife gets from her students, hey, Mrs. Ford, the rough, there's a rough thing going on in my family today. Would you, you know, and she just gets to encourage and she gets to be there and she gets to have the ministry of presence. I'm just trying to get you to see. It starts with the gift of teaching that God's given her and then it opens up all these other opportunities for ministry. Is this making sense this morning? The same is with you. Are you a nurse? God wants to use that compassion he's given you to go and to serve and to love other people. Are you a business owner? Maybe you have the gift of giving. Go above and beyond to be generous to your people. You maybe have the gift of administration. You have the gift of prayer. You have the gift of serving. Whatever it looks like, because here's the beautiful thing. When people like you and I, we, we, we understand our gifts and we see that they're for the common good, we don't really care who gets the glory anymore. In fact, this is when a spiritual gift is really being used in your life. You kind of just start using, you just living your life, submitted to the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God brings a gift through you and you don't even always know that God's using you, but then at the end of the day, people, they, they sense and they see you and they see our Father in heaven because of the, uh, you just give him glory with your life. You're not here to take any of the credit. It's for the, it's for the common good. Parents, how many know in parenting, we gotta show our spiritual gifts. Our our kids need to see what we're good at. Our kids need to see what God's put us on this earth to do. Are you a barista or a chef or a server or a journalist? God's given you all these different gifts to use, not for you, but for the glory of God. So the spiritual gifts, they're poured out from the spirit for the common good. And here's the third thing. I believe that they're received with humility. The gifts are received with humility. I love what Romans chapter 12, verse four says this. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. This isn't for your wife. This isn't for your husband. This is for you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. And catch this. This is the same analogy he uses in Corinthians. He uses in Romans. For each of us has one body with many members, many parts. 
And these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, though many of us, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the what? The grace given to each of us. Gifts are poured out by the Spirit for the common good, and they're received with humility. Paul says, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. In other words, don't think that any of it is because of you. Get your own, get your own agenda and your own self out of the way. How many know there, there, there is one thing I think scripturally you can read that above all else quenches the work of spirit in our lives and it's this very simple word that I think most of us fall guilty of and it's pride. Pride. And pride rears its ugly heads in all shapes and sizes in our lives. It's stubbornness. It's caught in wrong thinking. It's wrong perspective. It's not allowing maybe God to teach you something new because you're not putting yourself in a place for God to teach you something new. I might speak to anyone this morning. But the gifts are received with humility. See, like, I believe God's given us like this, like a grace zone for you to live in. God's given you something that when you operate in that, man, they're, 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 it brings joy to your life. It brings passion to your life. It brings purpose to your life. And, and our role is not to seek the gift. It's to seek the giver. It's to be in this place where we receive with humility. Pastor Ray said these words last week that I've just been thinking about all week. These words like yielding our lives to the Spirit, surrendering our lives to the Holy Spirit, and realizing this is all by grace. It's all by grace. So easy, I think, in our lives to think that we've, we've earned it or we've deserved it. And no, like the spiritual gifts come when they're all by grace. I, I can stand here so confidently as I share my, if I were to share my story, you would see it wasn't anything great that I have done. It's just all been God's grace on my life. God's grace. God's grace. God's grace. I can't take credit for it. God just continues to, to show me his grace over and over. The spiritual gifts, catch this this morning, the spiritual gifts, they remind us of the interdependency we have with one another. This is humility. Because not any of us get all the gifts. Isn't this cool? In fact, in this room, together, as you live in your gift and I live in my gift, we have this interdependency that we have in one another. Because we're, we're, we're reliant on each other because you offer things to the body of Christ that I can never offer. But together when we live in these things, it's amazing. And it's such a grace thing. This is the truth. It's broken people with receiving grace and being thankful for grace serving broken people. And then broken people coming back and serving other broken people all saved by the grace of God. This is, what, this is what it means. It's not people that have all of a sudden figured out a spirituality and are perfect. Because how many know we would never be used by God if that's the case? But at the end of the day, it's just broken people saying, because of the cross, he's redeemed me, he's saved me, he's given me new life, and he's given me new grace, and he's given me new purpose, and he's poured it out into my life, and now God used me in the body of Christ and used me in the world. That's how it works. That's how it works. And... And it's, but it's received with humility. Because if you, if you lead with pride, you'll never get there. But it's humility. It's really stewardship, isn't it? It's like this idea of stewardship of God just saying, I've given you these things, now will you be faithful to the things that I've placed in your hands? I love what J.I. Packer says. It's gonna come up on the screens. He says this. 
When therefore Christians are said to have gifts, the meaning is not that they are in any respect outstandingly brilliant or efficient, and I agree with that. They may, because I'm speaking to myself, they may or not be of various, but rather that God has observedly used them to the edification, that just means the strengthening in specific ways already. And this warrants expectation that God will do the same thing again. We need to draw a clear distinction between man's capacity to perform and God's prerogative to bless. For it's God's use of our abilities rather than the abilities ourselves. God takes ordinary people and uses us in extraordinary, supernatural ways. Received with humility. Here's the last thing this morning. Gifts are poured out by the Spirit for the common good, received with humility, and then shared with love. Shared with love. Consider, we've been talking about Roman, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we've been talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 14 as another spiritual gifts verse. And then there's this passage scripture between 1 Corinthians 12, which is about the spiritual gifts, and 1 Corinthians 14, which is about the spiritual gifts, and it's 1 Corinthians 13, and you probably know it because it's probably on a coffee cup in your house somewhere. It's that love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing. Show of hands, who's heard this before, just to make sure? Yes, uh, even if you're maybe not even a Christian in this room, you've probably heard that verse. It's shared at many weddings. I shared it at a wedding last week. And, but it's not only about relationship type love. It's not just about a marriage or it's not just about a, 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 a relationship. Really, you have to see the context with this. First Corinthians chapter 12 and then right in the middle between 12 and 14 that are both about the spiritual gifts is this little nugget on love. And this is what it says. If I speak in the tongues of men, or of angels, but I have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. These are gifts. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and knowledge, that's discernment, these are gifts. And I have faith, that's a gift, that can move mountains. But do not have love, I am nothing. If I give, that's a gift. All that I possess the poor and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not love, I gain, what's it say? Nothing. What's the point? Could you imagine, and I've thought about it all weekend, but I haven't. Could you imagine if I had a symbol up here? And, and it was just right here. And I was like, okay, for, for today's message, I want to talk about the spiritual gifts. And then I just started hitting this symbol the entire time should be used by God with the gift of humility, used with the gift of, of giving, used with the gift of serving. And I'm just hitting this symbol. I mean, we got some big symbol and I would just do it this way, right? And this the whole, the whole time, I'm just going for it. I don't think you'd hear a word I say. You might like nod at me and smile and like say, yeah, that's good. But you wouldn't hear a word I said. Why? The symbol is just so loud and it's distracting. It's the same with the gifts. How many people have we seen, maybe you've seen it on TV or even within the church, that are so loud with their gifts, but they lack love? How many teachers are so good at teaching within the church, but they don't love their people? This is, this is something in the capital C church happens. How many leaders step and lead things, but don't have this, this love? Can I tell you, all the gifts have to be rooted. They have to be motivated by the love of God. 
It's that we want to see the love of God poured out, not just on our house and our families and our church, but we also want it in our community. And there's something about when the people of God receive the spirit of God and we yield ourselves to his plans and his purposes. And we say, Holy Spirit, come. I, I remember the cross at Calvary, which is why Jesus died for me. He didn't just die so that I could be saved. He died so I could have purpose. And it was all motivated by love for us. He wants to use us. So our gifts, they're shared with love. Like that's what people should get from us when we use our spiritual gifts. They should get like, wow, I feel really loved. Isn't this beautiful? When a group of people just, every one of us operating, some of us are the hands, some of us are the arms, some of us are the head, some of us are the feet, some of us are the heart, whatever, but operating together. And it shows in our unity and in our interdependency and in our unity together, it shows a picture of love to the world. And so the, the question that I think begs to be asked, and if I were sitting where you were sitting, this is the question I would ask. So Taylor, how do I know my spiritual gifts? Great question. Here's the first thing I'd encourage you to do. You need to, you need to study the spiritual gifts. There's a lot of resources. If you email me, I can send you resources. But there's, in the Calvary app, I put, you could spend all week studying all the references that I put in the app. I'd encourage you to read them and to get a commentary. Get a good commentary that you trust and, and can review and make sure that it has good theology and study some of the gifts. I think it's important. Secondly, experience. How many know if you want to be a great football player and you want to go to the NFL, you can't play basketball your entire life. You have to get in the game and you got to try it and you got to experience it. Like if you feel the heart for serving, well, get up and start serving and see if God blesses you in that. If you feel like you have the heart of evangelism, start sharing your faith with others. It's experience, it's getting in the game. There's so many avenues here in the church where you just say, I'm in, let's go, let me try. And, and you have to test it and trial and error and kind of see what you're good at and see what the Spirit blesses you with. And here's the last thing, two more actually, community. This is the confirmation of like, hey, I see that gift in you. It's like this morning, if I was you know, standing up here and I just started singing and leading us in worship, you guys would be like, he was not supposed to do that, right? <laughs> and there's would be a group of people that love me enough that say, Taylor, I love you enough to tell you it should have been that Taylor that was leading us in worship this morning, <laughs> right? This is community though, because community comes in and confirms, says, this is what I see, this is what I don't see. My story into ministry is by Pastor Ray, Pastor Mary, and a couple others seeing a gift in me I didn't even necessarily see in myself, but calling the gift out. Pastoral leadership, this is what God's calling you to do and how many know when we speak the truth and we speak it in love because we're in relationship with people, man, it begins, we begin to, to pursue that gift and operate in it. And here's the last thing, prayer. Prayer. Pray, God, how do you want to use me? What do you want to do with me? How is the, how is the passion in my heart meeting with the hurts of this world? And that happens through prayers. The Holy Spirit comes and burdens you with things. I'll end with this, and then we'll end with one song. I was driving to church this morning, and I had a couple extra minutes, so I drove around Sumner. And personally, 
I know I'm operating in the Holy Spirit when encouragement comes to my life because God has given me the gift of encouragement. That's what I feel when I get cynical or when I get, like that, I just know that I'm not living in the Holy Spirit because I'm meant to be an encourager when I'm living in the Spirit. So this morning I'm driving through Sumner and two or three people were just, you know, it was 7.15 or 7.30 this morning and they're just walking, they're just walking so discouraged. They're just walking slow and head down and one guy was walking his dog and the other person, and I should have, and I wanted just to pull over the car and I wanted to shake him and say, hey, it's, God's got a plan for your life. God's got a purpose for your life. God's got something he wants to do in your life. Lift your eyes up. There's a God that loves you. Like, this is what, and that was the burden on my heart that I wanted to do so badly, and I should have, honestly. Maybe, maybe not shaking them, but just say, hey, let me tell <laughs> But why? Because God's put in the gift of encouragement within me. So when I see people discouraged, I can't help but not go encourage them. Is this making sense this morning? What's it for you? What's the burden on your heart that maybe God has a gift he wants his spirit to come in? Fresh wind, fresh fire. Church, let's ignite. Church, let's get passionate about what God wants to do in each and every one of us. Amen? Let's pray this morning. Jesus, we thank you for just all you're doing in our church. Thank you for these, these gifts. Thank you for the purposes of God. And so God, put a passion and a burden within our hearts that we might be the people of hope even in these moments, we pause and we reflect on what you want for us. May it be so that whatever you've put on our hearts, we would say yes to in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand, let's worship this morning.